0: You're listening to the Godfather and Gorney podcast on Rivals.com with your hosts, the Godfather of Recruiting, Mike Farrell. Ho, oh, oh, ho, oh, oh. ho, 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 this podcast is taking a turn. And National Recruiting Analyst, Adam Gorney.
1: We once spent a New Year's Eve together in Denny's in San Antonio, and it was really the low point of my life.
2: That's right, welcome into another edition of the Godfather and Gorney Podcast. My name is Dave Barry, producer of the show, and I'm joined by the stars of the show, as always, Mike Farrell and Adam Gorney. And guys, we now, last week we we released the 2019 rankings, the updated rankings, and this week it's the class of 2020, so we're going to dive right in and and discuss uh, the news coming out of that, so Farrell, I'll let you start.
0: Yeah, I don't know how many people care about the 2020 class compared to the 2019 class, because these kids are so far away from signing, but... This is our first numerical release, uh, our first naming of number one in the class, and it's D.J. Wagalele, uh, quarterback out of California. Corny can talk a little bit more about him in a second. Uh, But it was an interesting discussion because I think there's about five, maybe six guys that could have been number one in this class. It's a much better class at the top um, than the 2019 class, at least in my opinion. I think it's a much better class at certain positions, especially quarterback than the 2019 class so um, this actually could turn out to be one of the better classes since 2014 and that was an absolutely loaded class with guys like you know Jamal Adams and, and uh, I believe Leonard Fournette and guys like that who went on to be uh, first round draft picks so you know we'll, we'll have to see how this shakes out but the, the two guys at the top are from California so I'll let Gorney talk about them Wagalele and uh, and Justin Flow and had Flow, you know, not been a linebacker and it's not like we're against linebackers being number one. We had Ernie Sims number one way back, I think, in 2003. But that shouldn't have been the case over Reggie Bush, in my opinion. Um, it's just hard for a linebacker to beat out a guy at a premium position like quarterback. But you can break down both those guys.
1: Yeah, first on this class, Mike, I I really do believe that if the top 11 players in this class on offense and defense played the top 11 in 2019 I would take the 2020 class. I think this class is phenomenal. Uh the West region is outstanding. Um you know this is I believe my 10th class of doing this now and it's probably the best. Um Wagalele is a really talented kid. He has all the physical tools that you could possibly look for and he's only going to be a junior in high school. So when you see this kid, he'll be at the 5 star challenge and at many other events, because he just you know shows up to everything and does everything, um, you know he's a legit six four, he's a legit two thirty five. Um, people have compared kind of his size and you know play to, to a Ben Roethlisberger type. He's going to be a pocket passer, but he's so big and has such a big time arm. He's also a possible first round draft pick for the for Major League Baseball. He throws in the nineties as a pitcher. Um, He took last year off of baseball to kind of focus on football, but he will be back. So I think down the road, there will be a determination on what he wants to do long term if he plays baseball, if he starts with football and then moves to baseball like Kyler Murray will do, or if he will just stick with football because he's a phenomenally talented kid. He took over a little bit of a difficult position at Bosco in his sophomore year. The quarterback that they had at that time was struggling a little bit. He comes in. Absolutely, the offense starts humming up and down the field. He put up huge numbers, uh, does not throw many bad passes at all, does not make bad decisions, and he's super cool under pressure. So I like him a lot at number one. And then Flo is, from what I've seen, the best high school football, football player I saw last year. It was unbelievable to think that he was a sophomore in high school doing what he was doing. When I saw him play Rancho Cucamonga, and this was a Rancho Cucamonga team with Sean Dollars and Jeremiah Cridell on it at that time, They have since transferred to modern day, But Flo was the best player on the field, and it wasn't even close. And I'm not saying this, you know, it's not hyperbolic when I say this. He was literally making every single tackle on defense. (laughs) He was a wild man. He plays incredibly physically. Um, He's all over the place. Um, And I would put him, you know, Palai Gatiote was the number one uh, linebacker last year. And I think Justin Flo is head and shoulders above him as a player and as a playmaker. So uh, those two guys at the top um, will definitely be hard to move off of the top, um, but in terms of who the best player is right now, I would even take Flo over Wagalele.
0: And then we had the the argument between the two defensive ends. Uh, this was an interesting one because Brian Breezy could be the best defensive end to come out of Maryland since Melvin Alazy. if you followed recruiting for a very, very long time. Melvin Alazy, of course, did not... Uh, pan out for many different reasons, but it wasn't talent. Um, And he was back, I believe, in 2005 and there's been a lot of good ones since then. Um, But, you know, Chase Young, Anoma, guys who are five stars, but I think Breezy early on at the same stage could be better than, than those guys. He's just a huge defensive end with a lot of a lot of things going for him. And then there's Savelle Smalls, who a lot of people say is the best player in the Pacific Northwest in the last 15 years, which is pretty heady stuff. I don't agree with that, um, but I, I think he's probably the best defensive end we've seen out of there in a very, very long time. And um, I know you and you and Friedman argued back and forth about who should be the number one guy at defensive end. So this will be an interesting battle to to break down throughout 2020.
1: Yeah, and they're different players, and so we kind of settled on moving Smalls to weak side defensive end, which probably makes sense because uh, he had just visited Clemson in Georgia, um, and Georgia likes him as an outside linebacker. He's just so incredibly athletic, and he's really kind of that hybrid guy that people will, you know, that 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 the position is turning into a lot. I would think in college football, um, Breezy is more of the two hundred and eighty pound big monster, does everything he wants to do, where Smalls can play in space, come off the edge incredibly fast, and that's the one thing he said Kirby Smart mentioned to him when he was watching his workout, is that just how fast he is off the edge, so um, you know, it will be an interesting discussion, Uh, I don't think either plays the highest end competition, and so that will be something to watch, but you know as we see Breezy and Smalls over the next two years, we'll get a real determination of who should be you know three four and, and third and fourth in the country is pretty you know heady uh a pretty heady ranking so um you know i think i'm we're pretty happy with where they are
0: and then miles hinton rounds out the top five his brother christopher hinton's a five star in the 2019 class i think miles is a little bit of ahead of him as far as development is concerned i think he's playing more naturally his position at, at, the, at the at least projected to play naturally his position as offensive tackle at the next level, um, his brother's committed to Michigan. Every school down south is trying to flip him, um, and we'll have to see how Michigan does this season. You know, saying all the right things. He has ties to the Midwest with his father, uh, Chris Hinton, who was longtime offensive lineman for the Indianapolis Colts. Um, doesn't seem like a kid, Christopher. Doesn't seem like a kid who would flip. Uh, and if he doesn't, I think Miles is going to follow his brother to Michigan.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, You know, obviously, Georgia's coming after him. Alabama will make a run. Everybody's going to make a run at Christopher in 2019. And I'm not saying it's to get Miles in 20, but it's almost like if you get Christopher in 19, you're getting Miles in 20. So if he can stick with Michigan, that would be huge because you'll have, you know, one of the best, if not the best, defensive end in the country in 19, and then the best offensive tackle in 20, which would be huge for Jim Harbaugh. As he tries to turn that thing around a little bit, um, you know, I don't, I don't know if he's going to flip. I don't know if he's going to, as as things get closer to signing day, he'll he'll want to stay in Georgia. He does not seem like a kid that is all that dead set on doing something like that. I you know, I don't really know him all that well, but from what I've read and what I've seen, I don't get that impression. But I do get the impression that wherever Christopher goes, Miles follows. So that's going to be huge for Michigan if he can keep him.
0: Yeah, it's rare for brothers to go to different schools. I know it's happened, um, you know, but it, it is rare. Usually they follow each other and they always say they're going to do what's best for them and blah, blah, blah. But, um, you know, it, it's blood is thicker than water type of thing. And it's it's difficult to pull one away if you've got the other one. So we'll see what Christopher does. Uh, and Miles, who knows? He could pull the trigger early, you know, like his brother did. and. And, and and this, uh, you know, obviously they can't sign, and Miles is a long way away from signing. Uh, but we'll see if Christopher decides to sign in the early signing period and if that triggers, uh, if he decides to go to Michigan, if that triggers a commitment from his brother. Three new five stars this time around. We originally named ten five stars back in March. Zachary Evans was a five star in our initial, the running back out of Texas. Very, very talented kid, tall, Uh good size, you know, upright kid and who is evasive when he needs to be. Uh, Mikhail Sherman, linebacker out of Washington, D.C., uh, was an initial five-star. Eric Gilbert, who's an athlete but is probably a tight end. Um, and if he does eventually uh, move to the tight end position for us, could be one of the highest-ranked tight ends that we've had in Rivals history because uh, he's that athletic. Uh, and then Leonard Manuel, the big wide receiver out of Florida. And then Johnny Wilson out of Calabasas. Um, but the new three stars, McKinley Jackson out of Mississippi, a defensive tackle who I like a lot because he can rush the passer, because he is athletic and, and agile enough <clears throat> you know, to get after and pursue in the backfield, whether it's a running back or the quarterback quarterback. Um, and also can stuff the run you know he can do both that's what the NFL wants that's what college football wants they want their defensive tackles to be able to get after the passer uh, not just flush them but trace them down track them down and, 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 and you know uh, be part of that pass rush um, not just uh, letting the defensive ends mop up Antoine Sampa if you watch his film you're gonna see a kid who loves to hit, could be the hardest hitter in this 2020 class. Uh, I, I suggest you go to his profile and, and check out his film. You'll see why he's a five star. Uh, we wanted to see him in person before we pulled the trigger on him. We got to see him at our um, one of our regional camps and he measured out six foot two. He's long, he's got a great frame to build on and he could drop in coverage, flip his hips, do a lot of different things in space as well. So. Uh, he's our number one inside linebacker, new five star, and then Fred Davis, the tall cornerback, tall, skinny, kind of weird technique when it comes to, uh, you know, his mechanics as a corner, a little high in his back pedal, uh, sometimes off balance, but always seems to make the play. Has tremendous instincts, great closing speed, uses that length extremely well. So those three guys end up being five stars as well. So we got thirteen in the 2020 class. Um, I don't know this could be a class where we could we're not going to go to over 40 i doubt but uh we could get 35 36 out of this class
1: yeah i I definitely think so um you know as i'm looking down those top you know four stars especially at the wide receiver and defensive back position i mean kids that i've seen that are almost for sure fire five-star candidates kendall milton is absolutely one um you know, I wasn't exactly cursed out when people saw that he was at number 15 nationally and a 4 star but uh, people are talking Najee Harris Joe Mixon type next Northern California running back that is a real standout kind of guy Elias Ricks, incredibly long cornerback um, surprisingly physical for a guy who's not all that jacked up um, and then receivers, Damon Demas is a guy Mike I think you like a lot uh, Rayshon Williams the kid from Detroit has been a has been talked about a lot. Harrison Bailey's been a kid we've known since he's been in middle school. I think has potential Julian Fleming, Keeley Ringo. Um, as you go down the list, uh, Andrew Gentry is a 6'8", 285 offensive tackle. who's just a mean kind of put defensive lineman into the ground type. I think there's a lot of kids down as you go into the thirties and even into the forties. Um, you know, Demonte Capehart is a Clemson commit who you know is going to go there and really excel. I think, um, you, you, you see a lot, this class is not only really, really talented at the top, but as you get into the forties and fifties, we're still, uh, looking at kids and being like, these are really good football players.
0: Yeah. We got a few offensive linemen too. I think it's a really good offensive tackle year. A few offensive linemen that are also right near the top there. Paris Johnson Jr. Um, you know, is. Close to his surefire, a five-star, who isn't one right now, as there is. Uh, you know, just want to see a little bit more development out of him. Justin Rogers, the offensive guard from Michigan, just a road grader. <clears throat> and then Kevin Pine from Massachusetts. Uh, you know, very rare for a Massachusetts kid to be in that area of five stars. But, um, you know, Christian Wilkins played in Connecticut, but was from Massachusetts. And obviously he's done pretty well for himself down at Clemson as a defensive tackle, this kid's an offensive tackle and a massive one. So those three guys are in um, in in the running as well. And and Jace McClellan was discussed as well as a running back out of Texas. So I think it's a good running back year uh, overall as well. You know, when you look at the fact that Zach Evans is our number one guy, but we've talked about Milton already, uh, and Jace McClellan's another guy who is very, very highly thought of, Jalen Berger, at Don Bosco, and, uh, You know, considered to be one of the best skill position kids to come out of Bosco in a long time. And that's where Jabril Peppers and some others started off their careers. So, running back seems to be deep as well. Wide receiver, as you mentioned, is extremely deep. Uh, The quarterbacks, I think, are probably the most intriguing. You know, we've got one five-star quarterback right now. We could end this class with one five-star quarterback. It could just be Wagalele and no one else. But I think... If that happens, we're going to have a whole lot of guys at the quarterback position that are, you know, kind of in that range, in that 35 to 60 range, which we don't have in the 2019 class. I mean, when you look at some of these guys, Harrison Bailey, you mentioned, you know, he's got some mobility questions. Bryce Young, not exactly the biggest quarterback in the world. Um, You know, Jack Miller, um, Drew Pine going to Notre Dame, not a big guy either, Um, but, a lot of talented quarterbacks in this class. I think there's seven um, or six or seven in the top 50 nationally. And then you have a drop-off. But I think it's um, high-end quarterbacks, Max Johnson, another one from Georgia, that you look at in this class and and I think that position stands out for for the guys at the top.
1: Now let's talk about um, recruiting for these guys. I know it's so early, but is there a team out of those top ten guys? Since kind of that's what we were focusing on a little bit. That that can really clean up here. Can Alabama get back into D.C. and Maryland for Sherman and Breezy? Or is Ohio? Does Ohio State look particularly good? It, it looks like LSU will be the leader for McKinley Jackson. Does it kind of sp- spread out across everywhere?
0: No, it's not everywhere. It's going to be the rich getting richer. There's no yeah. doubt about it. Clem- Clemson's another team that. You have to look at Wagalele obviously loving his visit there. Um, you know, Sampa likes Clemson a lot. So, you know, I think it's going to be, you know, the typical culprits. You know, yeah. you're going to see Alabama get their guys. It uh, wouldn't surprise me at all if they ended up getting breezy because they've done so well in the Maryland and, and, and uh, DMV area. Um, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see Clemson get a couple of these five stars. Ohio State to get a couple of these five stars. Um, It's going to be interesting to see out west, since it is so good, how can USC clean up? How well will they do? You know, will they get Johnny Wilson? Uh, Will they be able to keep Savelle Smalls from staying home at Washington or going into SEC, ACC country? Can they get flow? Um, I think USC has a chance, a real good chance, to possibly push for number one overall. In the 2020 class, because there's so many good kids out there.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if they can do that. Um, you know, they're 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 kind of working a delicate balance with the 2020 quarterbacks now, because um, the, the the belief is that they're either going to get Wagalele or Bryce Young. Um, and Bryce Young is also very high on Oklahoma, though, so that's going to be something to watch. And Wagalele is definitely high on Clemson. And Oregon, I think those would probably be the top two schools for him right now. Uh, the Marcus Mariota connection continues to pay off for Oregon with Polynesian quarterbacks. Um, that's going to be a factor for to, to watch with Wagalele, no doubt. Um, and he absolutely loved Clemson. And, you know, we talked about this, Mike, that, you know, he, can, he has two more years of high school. If Trevor Lawrence comes in and plays three and out, then that would be a perfect setup for Wagalele if he goes to Clemson. Um, that would be huge to be able to go into California and get a five-star kid, the the, the current number one player in the country. Um, so so it's not a lock that USC gets either of those guys, um, but you know, it's almost like they would have to get one of those two where they've completely bungled uh, two two of the best quarterbacks in this class.
0: And I think the Oklahoma, Texas, Texas A&M battle is going to be interesting to see because you got a lot of kids like. You know, from Texas, Zachary Evans and Jace McClellan, we've already mentioned, and you mentioned DeMoss, the wide receiver there, but, um, you know, it's not a great year in Texas in 2020. Uh, RJ Mickens, one of the top cornerbacks in the country, is out of that area also, Uh, but I think there's guys we're going to discover, you know, and I think uh, there's definitely going to be depth at a lot of different positions in Texas. We see how Texas A&M is recruiting in 2019. I think they're just going to even be even better in 2020. Texas a little bit down uh, in 2019 compared to what I expected of them, uh, but we know if they have a good season on the field, um, and we know that guy can recruit. There's no doubt about it. So uh, Oklahoma is the interesting one because they're they're obviously at the disadvantage. Um, you know they're recruiting their home state, which has you know one or two elite guys every year and that's about it Um, and they have to convince people to leave the state Uh, you know they do a really good job in California you mentioned their ties to Bryce Young Uh, they're doing a better job in the southeast than they have in recent years and they're very hot in Texas as well I would think out of those three programs they're the no-brainer when it comes to where do I go to compete for a national championship, which team has the most recent winning tradition, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but the problem they have is that they're not located in Texas. And, uh, you know, it's just a little bit harder for them. Um, McKinley Jackson is going to be interesting to follow as well because the two in-state schools are obviously going to make a big push for him. Alabama is going to make a p- big push for him. You mentioned LSU. Um, you know, a defensive tackle of that caliber, is going to be heavily pursued and uh you know we usually rank mississippi kids later in the process we don't get to see them as much early at camps and things like that but this kid at the u.s army combine was absolutely outstanding and then obviously uh, he camped with us um, i believe it was in mobile and this could be the earliest we've had a top 10 player from the state of mississippi in a very very long time so i'll be curious to see how you know the new coaches at Old Miss and, Ole, and Mississippi State try to keep this kid in state, and how they handle, you know, recruiting him against the
1: big boys. Was Jeffrey Simmons that high, Mike?
0: Not that early.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, he emerged as
0: a five-star. I think later in the process. If I remember correctly, I think we might have made him a five-star after the Army Bowl.
1: Yeah, because he was outstanding in Army. I I think I I think you're right, Mike. I think we went into Army Week saying, you know, let's see him against all these guys, and then we you know he came out and impressed. So we moved him. He finished fifteenth in the country. So even you know Jackson is is far higher than that. And Chris Jones uh,
0: is it? If I'm getting his name, the guy who's. His junk fell out of the combine. <laughs>
1: yes, how could yeah. I forget? <laughs> yeah,
0: well, that's what he's famous and known for, but I, did, I believe he's on the Chiefs or something and, and is currently, you know, a rising NFL star. Um, he was a guy who just came out of nowhere at the Alabama-Mississippi, you know, All-Star game and was just sort of, wow. Um, Leo Lewis, some others were highly ranked early, but I don't think they were this high. I, I'd have to research it to see, and I'm too lazy to do that, to see if he's the highest-ranked Mississippi prospect uh, that's early in the process. But let's just put it this way. he He's one of them, at the very least. Um, because you go up and down this list, you go California, California, Maryland, which is not a surprise to see Maryland or D.C. have five-star kids um, because that area is being recruited by everybody, and they're producing great football players. That's probably one of the areas, when I started doing this, it was a basketball area. Um, and then it just started to emerge with eleanor roosevelt and some other schools Derek harvey i remember was one of the first five stars Hmm. we had from there um it started to emerge as a football uh state because some really really good coaches took over programs there and did a good job of not only getting their kids out and and viewed but um coaching them up so maryland and dc so having you know Reezy at three and and Sherman at eight, not a huge surprise. Washington is kind of a surprise to have a kid ranked that high as well, but Jacob Easton started off, I think, as our number one guy one year, so um, there's no record to be set there. Then you got Georgia, Texas, Georgia, and Florida, so no surprise there at all. So the Mississippi kid sort of sticks out a little bit along with uh, Washington's you know, representative with Smalls there. Uh, but other than that, it's it's the same old culprits when it comes to states and uh, the recruiting, you know, every year you can look at it and, and say, you know, that the same teams finish at the, at the top of the rankings. You know, every once in a while you'll have, you know, an Ole Miss or a Stanford or somebody like that finish, you know, Tennessee finish in the top five uh in the recruiting rankings but it doesn't happen that often it's it's the florida states alabama's ohio states clemson's of the world at least over the last six seven years
1: the one thing i'm surprised of mike and it it might just be too early and and the purging could happen soon is i don't see a kid at img academy until number 35 nationally
0: Oh that's because uh, we're anti IMG Academy of course remember
1: <laughs> right. I mean every time
0: there's always some sort of theory as to why you know kids aren't ranked as high as others and you know everybody hates the rankings you know unless they get a kid it's it, it's it's just it's one of those weird things and again this is 2020 they haven't they haven't fully poached all of right point <laughs> right. 2020. That's what so yeah. you know you could end up seeing you know uh, some of these kids like maryland is, has been known to send kids down to img not that they want to but uh, you know maryland is definitely a uh a, a hotbed yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that sends kids down there so i don't think uh img is done by any stretch of the imagination but yeah that is it is a little interesting um the the other thing that sort of strikes me about this class is you know the biggest name was Harrison Bailey by far. Yeah, um, I remember three years ago or whatever, we was getting middle school offers, and you know everybody thought he was a sure star, uh, sure five star guy. And we discussed him as a five star guy, and the problem we have is the lack of mobility. And it's been surprising that some schools have backed off of him. Um, we don't really know where he's going to end up going, but this is—it's not a David Sills situation. Um, You know, Sills had committed to USC and really didn't waver until they dumped him. But he just hasn't developed as much as I would have expected. That being said, you know he's constantly an MVP at every camp he goes to and things like that. I think the expectations might be just a little bit too high there.
1: Yeah, I think so too. And and he's been picked apart for years, and so now all of his qualities, you know, are are taken for granted, and we're just looking. at at maybe one issue that he has but something else that strikes me about this class early on is michigan's opportunity especially high in the rankings miles hinton if his brother stays there he probably ends up there um i think um you know you look at justin rogers as an in-state kid rashawn williams is an in-state kid harrison and and harrison bailey is a kid that's kind of being mentioned a lot for michigan now so they could get four of the top 24 kids in the class. And that's without saying anybody else, you know, goes there. I think Kevin Pine is a possibility and, and some other kids could could pull a surprise. So for Michigan, who's kind of struggled and hasn't really gotten it going all that much and, you know, third and third and fourth in the division and all those kinds of things, there's an opportunity, especially at the higher end of this class, for Michigan to really clean up a little bit.
0: Yeah, and they're going to need to hit the southeast. I mean, that's the bottom line. They're, they're competing not only against, you know, the, the, the big-time programs that are winning national titles from the SEC and the ACC in recent years, but they're also competing against Ohio State. And if you're Michigan, you have to hit the Southeast, and mm-hmm. you have to do it well. Um, you know, they, they started off pretty good this this year uh, in 2019, uh, but losing couch, that hurts, you know, and, and – you know, I think they've lost a little bit of their momentum down there, so holding on to the Hinton brothers would be huge for them. Um, I'm a little bit surprised that Jim Harbaugh's brand has not been as strong as expected. I mean, didn't he practice at IMG?
1: Yeah, yeah, he, he took his team down to IMG for spring ball. I, I remember it being sort of a, uh, you know, controversial move and and all those and kinds of things. they did a billion
0: satellite camps down in the southeast and all that other stuff. I, I'm not sure what kids are hesitant about. I think if they have a choice between Ohio State and Michigan, if they're going to make that move from Florida or from Georgia to go, um, I mean, Harry Miller's another example of a Georgia kid, a highly rated Georgia kid that decides to head up into the Big Ten. But where's he going? Ohio State. Yeah. Um, I think most of them will just head that way. So how many commitments have there been? I mean, this this is normally April – and may are busy for commitments and i thought it was kind of slow um you know we've got the early signing period and we got the official visits now during the spring the amount of commitments that have occurred over the last i don't know week and a half have been just ridiculous i mean did you yeah. see what Pitt did
1: yeah yeah they had like six and 48 hours or something like that
0: i think eight eight i think they had seven in one day or wow. Something like that, you know, and I know it's summer camp time and I know a lot of offers go out during summer camp time and kids jump on commitments and things like that. But my goodness, it's just like every time I turn around, I'm getting a notification of a new commitment and a lot of them aren't big name guys. You know, um, we've got a certain big name guy going tomorrow named DJ Stingley. Uh, Derek Stingley Jr., who's going to commit to, I think, LSU tomorrow. And you agree with me that it's going to be LSU, but we'll have to see. Um, yeah. You know, but it's been a lot of, you know, the, the three-star guys that fill out your roster that, that, that end up playing, you know, many of them end up playing better than their ranking and things like that. But I've been having trouble sort of keeping up with the number of commitments. It's just been absolutely insane lately
1: yeah it it has been, and it's it, the timetable has kind of changed in an interesting way because it used to be schools would have junior days and and a school like Texas would have their entire next class almost commit on that day and everything would be over and and now junior days are i don't think nearly as important as they used to be. Um, a lot of kids aren't traveling the junior days, and you know they have all those kinds you know those aren't as important. I think satellite camps are. A little bit more important for kids to hang out but the the highest end kids even if they show up at a satellite camp really aren't working out those are for more you know kids for who have been kind of under the radar to get offers and and that that happens at satellite camps and then the summer camps seem to be the most important time for kids to get on campus for two or three or four days and to work out a little bit and to hang out and a lot of kids form opinions about schools there, but also do uh, make a lot of commitments. Um, and so wh- when it used to be in, in March and April would be so, so super busy with junior days and commitments, now it seems like it's more uh, you know late May into June uh, where, where a lot of these kids are pulling it. So I'm trying to count down now. Uh, there have already been almost 10 commitments today. <laughs> uh, yesterday, yeah. probably... Twenty-five or thirty, so um, a tremendous amount, and, and to good schools too, and, and like you said, there have you know obviously been some four four stars along the way, and you know Alabama and Auburn got some, and, and Texas Tech got their quarterback, which is the best name ever uh, for a Texas Tech quarterback, Maverick McIver. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, he fits perfectly there, uh, but but it is a lot of filling out a lot of the the early class to wait for the. Let's say, prima donna, five stars. To wait until signing day to make their decisions. Are you watching the World Cup? No, I. I'm too busy with 90 Day Fiance. Um, what else do I watch? i The Bachelorette, but I'm not really into it this year. And I'm not watching the World Cup now.
0: Yeah, I don't you? think anybody's really on earth that listens to this, the the whopping 400 people that listen to this every week are really watching 90 Day Fiance. And I don't think we're going to get them to watch that. Um, the they're Bachelorettes, awesome. certainly they're not going to watch that. I mean, we don't have people. But the World Cup, to me, is, is kind of interesting. I don't watch the games. I just check the scores because I can't sit there and watch a 0-0 game or a one nothing game like many people can. But it is intriguing, I'll tell you. And that Spain-Portugal game, I was forced to watch. Uh, I was out to lunch with someone, and it was on TV. So uh, that was a really, really entertaining game. Who do you have winning the World Cup?
1: I have no idea who even is the, uh, the favorite to win. I can't get into a sport, and I'm sorry, and you know I'm sure I'm not the only one saying this, and no one wants to hear it anyway, but I can't get into a sport where Iceland is pumped because they tied. I mean, that's, come on. Just go with the safe bet and say the USA is going to win it all. <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'm going spain what do you got barry barry's a
2: soccer guy he looks like a soccer guy no i i i knew the world cup was going on but i haven't paid attention whatsoever what uh so i have what no do- idea I'm, I'm like gorney what does uh look like a soccer guy mean mike
1: i don't yeah. know
0: just sort of got that look like you know <laughs> wear one of those stupid soccer jerseys to uh to a pitch or whatever it is they go to. <laughs> a pitch? I don't know. I figured with, with Womack and. Uh, and uh, Doesn't Kruger like soccer? Yeah, oh, yeah. Kruger,
1: Kruger steps That's away true. from his busy day to watch some soccer from time to time.
0: Those are your cronies. So I figured Dave Barry would be in line with those guys and be talking soccer all the time.
2: No, never been a soccer fan.
0: All right. Well, I can't get I into can soccer. Work. I think we could wrap this one up and make it quick to save some people some time in their lives and move on but the 2020 class is out I don't know if anybody cares you know based on the the attention it's getting compared to the 2019 class nobody does seem to care I mean 2019 was a huge release and people were all over that I mean there were so many complaints and people you know just bitching and moaning about this guy should be ranked as a five-star. This guy should be ranked higher than this guy. This guy should be here. This guy should be there.
1: I'm getting nothing. I got hate. No let hatred. me ask you. I, I, I made a bold statement at the start of this. If the 2019 best players played the 2020 best players, who would win?
0: Uh, that's a good question.
1: I don't even think it's close. I think the 2020 class is by far a better class.
0: Uh, you got to assume your quarterbacks, Bo Nix versus Wagalele. Uh, your running back is Zach Evans. Who would be your running back for
1: 2019?
0: Uh... Yeah, it's Trey Sanders. He's a beast.
1: Yeah, it's not. It's not bad. The wide receivers, wide receivers would be interesting. I think both are are solid.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, Theo Weese and Hazelwood are a good one-two punch at wide receiver I mean that's not so bad
1: no Um, it's not
0: I just think defensively this is a better class Um, you know I'm I'm not a guy who's sold on Kayvon Thibodeau as being elite and the number one player in the country as he is someplace else and I like these two guys Breezy and Smalls quite a bit and Um, I'd
1: take McKinley Jackson over Sopsher
0: yeah I would too He's more of a pass rusher. Softier's more of a stuff for, you know, stuff to run and take on the double teams. But I, I like the linebackers in the 2020 class as well. Yeah, uh, I absolutely. Think, you know, Flo and Sherman and Sampa as your starting three in a 4 3 set blows away what you have in uh, 2019. But, you know, there is no Stingley out there at cornerback. I don't know. Yeah, there's I no Chris would, Steele either. I think it would be close. No? I think it would, it would be, be
1: interesting. We should put that together. Get our sponsors to to get that right. game going.
0: Yeah, that'd be great. I'm sure everybody would want to play in that game. I'm sure all the high school football coaches would absolutely love all their 2020 kids playing in a full contact all star game a full year before they're uh, ready to be seniors. Yeah, we can get that together. But I don't think it's that much of a you know. I think the high end talent in this class. Remember, this is the first ranking. Yeah. We don't know these guys ad nauseum, you know. When we're talking 2019, we've seen Theo Weiss a billion times. We've seen Derek Stingley a billion times. You know, yeah. we know all about Hasselwood and Trey Sanders and these other guys. We don't know everything about Eric Gilbert, you know. Um, we haven't seen Paris Johnson right. uh, a billion times. So as we become more comfortable with the 2020 class, that's where I think it's going to be more high-end. That's where I think there's going to be more five-stars. We got 21 five-stars in the 2019 class and already 13 in 2020. That's close. And it's usually not that close. Um, and looking at the guys that could be five-stars in the 2019 class, Jordan Whittington, not sure if he's fast enough. Logan Brown, who I, I like a lot, I think he will be a five-star. Nicobe Dean is not very long. You know, Frank Ladson's good. But is he, is he you know five-star elite good? Owen Popo is small for a linebacker. A lot of these guys that are on the cusp of being five-stars are, each of them have a little bit of a problem. Yeah. Uh, so I, we'll get over 30. We always do. But I think when you look at the 6.0 guys, and you know if you're a rivals freak, you know what a 6.0 guy is. But that's a guy who's just on the cusp of a five-star. There's a lot more to like. Um, you know, you mentioned, you know, Ringo from Arizona. He's number 27. I mean, we're talking about him as a potential five-star. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're, you know, RJ Henderson is the 27th player in the 2019 class, and he lost his fifth star. So I do like 2020 better, but I don't know who would win in a game. I think it comes down to, you know, some key positions. We have a uh, we have a meeting in 15 minutes, so we got to get off of here as well. So,
2: yeah, I need to rest.
0: Yeah, you gotta rest for 15 minutes before the big
2: meeting. All right. Well, while these guys gather their thoughts, I'll remind everybody you can find us on Twitter at Rivals Mike, at Adam Gorney, and at Real Dave Barry. We will see everybody again next week.